you didn't know? This is the third episode of Slapdash. And of course, I am the Aquatic Meat Twinkie. And I'm joined by Mr. Crowley. Meat Twinkie, what's up? What's going on? And, you know, I just got reminded of a movie that I don't think about that often, but when I do, I remember how awesome it was. And I think I'd put this in a top 10 movie. If I was really going to do a deep dive of my own personal favorites and really think about it, I think this movie would make it. It's uh, called Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. Have you oh, seen that is this such movie? a good movie. I love that. Movie. Oh, dude. It's in it. So it, like you think, oh, he's fighting for revenge and then it's really love in the end. But it's, it's, it's like a love story, uh, but not that kind of love story. It's a great movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't it's a know. love story of, with violence. Like yes. he tell he he expresses his love uh, through violence that uh, this little girl that he thought was taken from an excellent movie uh, going complete opposite. Let's jump right into it. Uh, we're going to talk Disney because Disney owns the world. They own us. We don't even know it yet, but you're already working for them. I'm working for them. And Crowley, you'll be going down to Orlando. Uh, I won't give the exact dates away. We got to protect protect you we'll have to put the secret service out to protect you yeah so, it's gonna be good i'm looking forward to it i mean I, if i'm working for them i'm just giving them their money back right and it already gets taken in taxes because disney is also the government we know this uh i probably shouldn't say that because they have ears everywhere literally they're big mouse ears um so thinking of big mouse ears i was thinking of you know I think everybody, when you think Disney, I think that image of Mickey Mouse, some image of Mickey Mouse comes into your, into your mind. And I started thinking, you know, I don't really think of Star Wars and Marvel like those. They're not Disney movies to me. I understand Disney owns the properties, but the, to me, Disney is like uh, some of the cartoons we were naming, you know, like the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and, um, you know, and the Lion King and, and even going back further than that, you know, I think of Donald Duck, Donald Duck and Goofy and all of those guys, um, as like the mascots, like the, the, those really cartoony, uh, characters that they had. So I don't know, like who's second on that list for you. I think it's Donald Duck for me. Like he's like a, like just a big mascot, like in my mind, I don't know why, I guess, I don't know why, but who was second for you? Yeah, well, doesn't Donald Duck isn't his whole thing? He wants to be as popular as Mickey Mouse. Like even in the Mickey Mouse Club, he was always trying to take over. And I'm talking like old school Mickey Mouse Club, not like the new Disney Junior Mickey Mouse Club. Wasn't that like Donald's thing? He always wanted to be. I I don't know if I remember the storylines, uh, but was there, uh, or was there a story? I don't even know. If that wasn't <laughs> what you're describing to me, sounds like a storyline. It might be a story arc. I don't know. You know what? Uh, I would. And this is probably just because I have a daughter now. I always think of Minnie Mouse. Like it's it's Mickey and it's Minnie. Like there's no like that's who it is. So I don't I don't I don't think of I don't think of Donald. I don't think of Goofy. I think Goofy would probably be third on the list, even more so than Donald Duck. So I just that that's where I think I'm at is Mickey and Minnie. Minnie second. The, the Queen uh, needs her king, and her king is Mickey. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go my favorite kind of mascotty character in the Disney. My favorite would be Pooh probably very easily. He's number one on that list. I just, I, do you feel that way? Like that, like, like Marvel, like you don't look at, I feel like it's just in a different sector. All of these things. Um, the, the, do, do you really the, feel it's just Disney? Yeah, no, they're not Disney. They predate Disney. Disney just acquired these IPs. That's all they did. 
So I don't think of Star when I think of Star Wars, I think of George Lucas. I think of Lucasfilm. I think of Lucas Arts. I think of uh, uh, Spielberg. I think I, that that's what I think. But I'm I'm 42 years old, so when I yeah. think of Star Wars, I'm not thinking of Jar Jar. Well, I mean, and and they keep putting Stan Lee in the movies, so in the Marvel movies. So well, I mean, because sure. we know, well, I mean, so they're recognizing people want to see him, and that is it all pre. You know, I mean, it goes back further in Disney and I'm not saying like, you know, I mean, even, you know, like Snow White and these kind of stories, they're old, you know, wives tales like from and then they made them into like more comprehensive stories instead of, you know, that, that's a, like a very old. That was like a very old story. You know, but there's like no copyright on it. That's why you see a million Snow White stories that aren't Disney made. But right. Snow White, Alice in Wonderland, all that kind of stuff. Sure. For for sure. I like I I understand. But I still saying. think of those because they came out so long ago and it feels like it was in that. Now it's just Disney is. Yeah. There's those core kind of characters and uh, that you think of of Disney in one era. Maybe we're just in a different era. And I don't know. I, I guess it's just kind of it's kind of a geeky thing to talk about, but what the hell we're geeks. So, right. Exactly. Well, I think, I think part of it also is Joe is, is while Disney world in Florida is not allowed to have anything Marvel related uh, because of, uh, of Marvel's previous agreement with universal studios. So universal studios gets all of the characters up until a certain date. They get all of the rides that can be, uh, based on on Marvel, where the rest of the Disney properties around the world, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Disneyland, Disneyland Tokyo, uh, Disneyland, uh, wherever else there's a Disneyland, those all get the the Marvel stuff. I don't go to any of those other ones. I only go to Disney World. Like this will be my fourth trip overall, my third with my wife and our first with our daughter. So, you know, uh, when I think of Disney World, I certainly Marvel uh, is the last thing. Right. And it's like now they're buying the Fox studio movie division. So like, but not all of Fox and it's like, they're just buying little pieces of companies. Now it's like, we're not even going to buy the whole thing. We're just going to buy, it's like a yard sale and they're just picking out what they want. Uh, Isn't that what EA does? I mean, if we're going to talk geek, that's what EA does. They find the the little niche uh, uh, studios that they like. They they eat them up and and spit them out. That's kind of what Disney does. Like, if you take a look at Star Wars, didn't they just eat up Star Wars and then regurgitate out basically a Disney movie? Yeah, well, I won't, I'm not, I'm not going to get. I'm not going down that road, buddy. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. You're not going to sucker me into it, at least not this early on the podcast. Um, okay, so give us a couple. You've been three times before. Yeah. Uh, give us a couple of your your favorite attractions. What do you have when you go every time? You're like, oh, I've done it before. I've done it all three times before, and I've got to do it again because this is one of my favorite things. So when you when you think of Disney World, you certainly don't think of uh, roller coasters, right? Like that's not the first thing that comes to your mind. You think of of Mickey Mouse and the big oversized heads uh, uh, and the big characters and the castle. Like that's what you think of. Uh, so I'm going to give you a couple of rides here that are very adult, uh, very uh, extreme or as extreme as you can probably get at Disney. And actually one ride in particular, I'll start with this one. This one, uh, they tell you, like there have been, you can look it up. Uh, if I remember correctly, at least three people have perished. They have lost their lives because of this ride. Uh, this ride is called Mission Space. Uh, and it's so extreme and 
so many people have lost their life on it that they had to make a dumbed down old person version. So if you have a heart problem, if you have blood pressure issues, uh, you don't want to ride this ride. You'll take the, you just do the dumbed down version. It's called Mission Space. And they actually just updated it. So before they had Gary Sinise do all of this stuff. And basically the premise is you are getting on a rocket ship here on earth and you are going to Mars. And so the cool thing about it is, is you're in a centrifuge. So if you know what a centrifuge is, it's what the astronauts uh, uh, train on before they get put on a rocket and, and blast off into space. Uh, and it can pull upwards like a, a regular centrifuge. Like it will, it, it can pull massive G's. It, it can definitely simulate uh, the, the pressures, the G pressure, the G forces on you as you're taking off in a rocket. This one, I think it just gives you a G force of one. So it's, like twice what your if you think g-force of zero is just regular gravity it's doubling it and it's one so it's double the the g-force and you i mean you feel it you you feel it it is extreme you are in a small capsule with three other people it is they tell you like in the in the like the presentation it's like you're a real astronaut and they're like yeah just look forward like don't look at anything like pick one spot on the control panel in front of you and just stare at it uh, don't, don't, uh, don't puke. Like if you're going to puke, there are bags, but you don't want to be looking around. You don't want to, you don't want to take your eyes off this stuff. And it's a very cool ride. It's very intense mission space, uh, at Epcot. I would, uh, highly recommend that. Uh, the second ride that I think I will uh, recommend is uh, the rock and roller coaster in uh, Hollywood studios. And what's great about this ride is I, I'm a bit I, like, I like rock and roll. Like I've always been a rock and roll guy. And so this is based on Aerosmith. So Aerosmith uh, is there, you know, via Disney magic. And it's basically you in the studio with them and you get to see, you know, uh, them rocking out for a minute as you're standing in line for seven and a half hours to ride this ride. And uh, it's a roller coaster. You get on it. And again, the premise is you're trying to get Aerosmith to the concert or some award show as quick as you can. So this roller coaster does that. Uh, and it goes zero to 60 in three seconds. Uh, and it's just a wild ride. Aerosmith music is playing in the background as you're riding. It's got big speakers there uh, behind you on uh, every seat. Uh, it's just a really cool ride. Um, and, and it's kind of extreme. Like some people would say that like the next one on my list should be something from uh, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and, like, uh, and I just don't like very many of the rides there, including... Um, Space Mountain, not a big Space Mountain guy. Like that's very shaky. It's very a jerky, a herky jerky. I just don't, I don't care for it. Yeah, I think my last ride I would recommend Animal Kingdom, and that that would be uh, the uh, uh, Expedition Everest roller coaster, where you actually go backwards at one point. It's like a honest to god, you know, roller coaster. Uh, it's not indoors like the Rock and Roller Coaster is. This is uh, an outdoor, you know kind of old school roller coaster but at one point you go backwards like you go to this part and it looks like it's gonna you know like the the tracks are closed and this big giant yeti has beat beat the tracks up and uh no but the yeti's there they do a great job like disney world is just amazing so those those would be my top three rides uh you know and basically everything in the magic kingdom kid centric where everything you know especially epcot it, it's more adult centered so there you go well yeah that was a lot <laughs> I, I went i went one time when i was in like third grade and i don't really remember a whole lot of it um we went to there we went there and 
universal, like we were there for two days. So that's what I remember. Actually, I remember more from um, watching my dad watch the Alabama Auburn game <laughs> in the hotel room. Right, right. Because this was, I was so young at that point. I wasn't even in the football yet. This was, this is predating Joa as Alabama fan. Wow. That, so this uh, was, okay. this was quite a while ago. So, I mean, this was probably like, I think it was, How old are you when you're in third grade? 91? Anyway, nobody cares about the math, Joa. Let's move on to more Disney because we're going to talk some, uh, I'm going to talk some Black Panther Crowley. I don't believe that you've seen it, so I will keep the spoilers light, but uh, there could be some spoilers in this uh, for anybody listening. If you want to just skip ahead, I don't know, five, six minutes, uh, maybe not even that long, but I'm going to go ahead and get into it. There's your warning. Uh, Dude, I thought Black Panther was, uh, the storytelling was great because it was, it's simple, uh, in a way because you, you leave off with Black Panther when you saw him in civil war, he's fighting, uh, you know, that battle between, uh, wanting to get revenge on the winter soldier. Of course he realizes that he's not responsible for it. And then he sees the error of his way and that he shouldn't have been thinking that way the entire time. And he didn't get consumed by it, uh, for that long, but basically the exact same, uh, storyline is presented for Killmonger. Uh, he's initially motivated, uh, because when he was very young, his father was killed and he found uh Panther claws in his chest. And of course his, uh, his father was the brother of, uh, so they're cousins basically. So they're family. So they introduced the whole family aspect. Cause we've never seen that in the movie before. Cause that's old, right? Nope. It's great. Um, so yeah, I just really enjoyed this and I enjoyed that parallel that they both, that the villain, you know, you got Killmonger and black Panther here T'Challa, and they're, they both going through these experience together. And it's just a matter of doing the right thing making the right choices, you know, you might have a hard path and I know that sounds cliche, but I mean, that's storytelling, like that's how you develop these characters. And, uh, you know, that was easily the best movie I've seen in, uh, you know, months and months, especially at the movie theater. That was just a uh, really good. So I just have to give it the pr- uh, props cause it's been getting a lot of props for a lot of different things, but I think people are overlooking that it's actually just a really good movie too. I mean, the, the storytelling is excellent and I love the parallels Crowley. So, um, I don't know if there was anything you want to add. I know you hadn't seen the movie. No, I haven't seen the movie. I think it's great to finally hear somebody say, this is a really good movie period. doesn't matter the the color of the skin of the actors. Like it's just a good movie overall. And I, I, I just, I really wish. Yeah. Mom- and that's not my point. And that's not the point of my rant, but, uh, but I just wanted to point out though, that the storytelling, just that, that parallel. And that's something that, uh, I just really, I really liked. And it was just very family is important. And, the, they've been building on that, you know, I mean, look what Tony did, tried to do the winter soldier and he was fighting captain America at the end of civil war. It's all based on, you know, you killed my dad. You killed my mom. Uh, it, how many, st- uh, the princess bride, you know, you killed my father, you, you know, this whole thing, how many movies has this plot been done? Uh, but you know, it never gets old, but I know there's people out there that, that get on these movies for recycling the ideas. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's something we all c- can relate to, um, you know, the, either losing your parent or, you know, the fear of losing them. Uh, you know, and things like that, just with the whole family aspect, you see it, it's all over. I mean, family drama is, you know, 
easily the, uh, you know, most popular thing in, you know, pop culture, as far as I can tell Crowley. And so I think some franchises might want to uh, not run away from it as much as they have wanting to be. So, well, I mean, if you think about it, like, let's just take a look at one of the most popular television shows on, on TV right now. Uh, That's game of Thrones. That's all about family. That's different families. I mean, that's, and so there's loyalty and there's, there's, I've always like, even when I was a kid, uh, and when I say kid, I mean teenager, 15, 16, 17, 18, loyalty and family were always a big thing with me. Uh, and I remember I had an assistant basketball coach in high school, you know, tell us, this was about, about the time that a few good men came out. And he's, he's like, I know none of you have seen this movie. And if you have, then you know what I'm talking about. He goes, but this movie is all about loyalty. Like, don't get distracted from from. The, the red alert or the code reds and all this stuff. It's about loyalty and it's about who are you loyal to and why are you loyal to them or to it? So, you know, uh, loyalty family, those always have go uh, a long way with me. I mean, isn't, I don't, I, <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to get into all this stuff, but you're right. I mean, when you think about some of these big franchises that seem to be running away from the theme of family, I mean, there's a big one, Joa, uh, that that I think we should probably talk about you. Well, yeah, you know, the only thing I'll say is that you know, on that level, I think that you know, it, it shows that it's not an old storyline. You know, don't look for the you know new all the time. You know, oh, we want change. I want something new. You know, I warned about. I was warning about this two years ago on another podcast. You know, don't you know, don't wish away what you have basically because. Um, sometimes what you get when they, when things change, sometimes it's not for the better and you realize, you know, eh, maybe I should have just kept doing that, you know, I mean that, you know, you can put that in your own life, uh, I think, but anyway, I'll just say the black Panther succeeds in every way that the last Jedi failed and, uh, you know, and technically we're still on the Disney topic. So, uh, cause no, and, that, and I think, I think yeah, exactly. And I think that works. I mean, if you look at it, I'm just looking at box office mojo here. So uh, the last Jedi came out in, on December 15th of last year. And it's, it's made just this, this is just domestic. I'm not talking worldwide, just domestically uh, $618.8 million. Whereas black Panther, which came out February 16th. So two months later and hasn't been out a month yet has already made domestically 435.4 million. So that's just domestically worldwide. It's, you know, I, I think uh, it's going to do better. Well, I mean, it, it shows you what good word of mouth does and what bad word of mouth does uh, to movies at the box office, if yeah. anything. Well, um, I think part of it goes back to what you're talking about, where the last Jedi runs away from the themes that made star Wars popular one of those themes being family and loyalty and right and wrong. And that, that struggle between good and evil. And it just seems like the last Jedi muddied all of the waters, not just part of the waters, not just the family, not just the loyalty, but also like the good and evil aspect. I don't know. We could sit here and dissect that movie a uh, hundred ways from Sunday. Uh, it, it's, I, you know, I, 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 I can't, I'm looking forward to black Panther. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of these other movies that are coming out, but uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said, even though I haven't seen, movie i mean if this is all if this movie is all about family it's all about it loyalty is. it is it's all it's all about it's all about family and w- w- the decisions that you make and it's it's very uh even with all the tech stuff in it 
and he's got more tech than Tony Stark. So, I mean, and he's, you know, we were, I was posting in some discord, uh, you know, and, and they were saying, uh, the richest Marvel can, he's richer than Tony Stark. He's richer than Bruce Wayne. fictional, of course, but it was funny, uh, funny anyway. So, uh, I, the only thing, I mean, obviously it has a few flaws. I thought the CG models of some of the stuff were kind of weird. There's some big rhinos in the movie, uh, and they were cute. I liked them. Uh, but sometimes when they moved, it kind of looked funky and there was a couple other things in the animation which i did not expect that to be a problem in the movie but i would say that was probably the only fault i found in the movie and it's not very immersive breaking i mean we're used to seeing computer stuff jump around and we know we know it's not real so you can get over that but the story is uh yeah excellent so i think we can uh I think we'll move on a little bit early because this is the stuff I think we've really been wanting to talk about because we've been talking about this in Discord, uh, you know, off and on for days. And now we've made a WWE chat room in the Discord because we just kept talking about it too much all over Discord. So, um, so we've got that in the Bad Gamers Anonymous Discord. Uh, we'll put that in the uh, description, uh, how you can get in that Discord and go listen to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Uh, but we wanted to do a WWE segment, kind of a now and then, and, uh, we'll start with the now. I don't watch that much now, but I have a concept of what's going on. I don't usually watch, but I, maybe I'll check the results or something every now and again. And, you know, I basically kind of know what's going on, but not with every single detail. So we'll stick to the big stuff, uh, in the now segment Crowley. So, uh, I don't know. I, I let's just start with the big one, I guess, uh, uh, you mentioned you wanted to talk about this Ronda Rousey. Can she succeed? Uh, and I kind of added in what will be defined as success for her. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think of uh rowdy Ronda Rousey? Well, I think that this was a huge signing for the WWE, no matter I, if she pans out or not. I mean, the WWE got Ronda Rousey. Uh, this is, you can look and see there's, there's a couple of uh, MMA, fighters uh former mma fighters and and even in some cases current uh mma fighters uh that you know they're either part-time in the mma or part-time in the wwe or they were they are i mean they're off and on i mean look look at brock lesnar he's done both he's gonna he's getting ready to go back so i this is it's a match made in heaven the ufc uh any mma really and uh and in the wwe so signing ronda rousey whether or not she pans out is huge for the wwe it makes sports news. It gets their name out there, their brand out there. Right. But and, for and how long? I, I think if, if it's for a month and then it's not a big deal anymore, uh, is that a success? I wouldn't. Isn't it? it? Just if they sell a, if they sell a bunch more pay-per-views or a bunch more subscriptions. Well, she's not uh, going to wrestle. WrestleMania. She's not going to wrestle until WrestleMania. Well, so, okay. But this is what, I, this is what I'm saying. But well, that's can she saying. sustain it for a year? Oh, well, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I, and I, I don't think we will know until WrestleMania. Until- but I think, I think if we're going to define her, like when we look back on it, if we can kind of peer into a crystal ball and like, and go back and say, oh, was, was this successful? See, I think of this, this is kind of Ronda Rousey was like a huge celebrity at one point, like two years ago, she's cooled off tremendously. Like as far as just people in the, in the, in the public eye and things like that. Cause she really hasn't fought very much. And when she did, she took a year off, fought, lost again, and took like another year off. So she has cooled. She, yeah. And she, well, she has cooled off on that front. So I'm just wondering 
does she have the kind of star power to bring eyeballs to the WWE screen, you know, a year from now, two years from now, can she be, because I think you sign a Ronda Rousey and if you're Vince McMahon, you want to bring her in and I'm not comparing her to any woman that they've ever signed. I think you're bringing them in and you're like, this is, you know, this is me signing a Hulk Hogan. This is me signing a rock. This is me. Yeah, but here's the difference. Steve Austin. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there, but here's the difference between all of those names you just rattled off and Ronda Rousey. The rock Hulk Hogan, stone cold, Steve Austin. These were not household names when they came to the WWE, the WWE made them household names. So now like this, it could be argued, even Brock Lesnar, he wasn't a household name until the W. So it can be argued that Ronda Rousey is the first household that the WWE is signing. Whether or not she makes it, this is like the first time the tables are turned. Instead of somebody becoming famous in the WWE and going mainstream from there using the WWE as a launching pad, you know, now you have somebody who has been in several big name movies, who who has have who has endorsement deals, who has who is a, a household name and is part of the mainstream using what they, you know, their their celebrity to garner a position. In, in in the WWE. So it's, it's a complete reversal from what the WWE is used to. So I think by any standard, the WWE is going to consider the signing a success. Now, whether or not she's a success in the WWE and can maintain that is up to her and up to the bookers. It's, it's all about how the WWE utilizes her uh, and how well she takes to the WWE. Cause it's a different animal. It's a lot of talk, very little show. Oh, do you want to know, you know what I, do you want to know what I would do? I'm going to pitch a storyline to you. All right. So you bring her in and you know, do whatever it, at WrestleMania, it can be a tag. I don't know what's going to happen. I say you bring her in and she, whoever she fights, she didn't have to fight the champion. Don't give her the belt or nothing right away. Just have her just fight somebody and have her curb stomp them. Just annihilate them. And somebody who's been on a run too, not just, you know, who, not you know, whoever in the women's division has been you know, on a decent run, but not the champion. So have her crush them at mania in like two minutes because she's probably not going to be that good in the ring yet. So keep the match short. I mean, I know she's a, she comes from that fighting background, but still there's a learning curve, you know, it's still different, you know, because they're not, I think anybody who saw her, uh, her, her first, uh, like her first words spoken in the WWE universe went, Oh yeah. She's super green still like, you know, she, she couldn't talk over the crowd noise. She, she wasn't very loud. She was very timid. And that's not when you think of Ronda Rousey, you don't timid is not the first word yeah especially when you're using that nickname uh so so that's what i would do and then i'd bring her out monday night after wrestlemania and i'd have her and i'd have her fight again and i might and then i would probably because you're gonna have the most eyeballs on the screen the night after that raw is gonna have the most ratings you know for that's probably one of their better rated raws because it's the night after wrestlemania so i i i have her come out there and she loses 
and she throws a hissy fit Chris Jericho style and turns heel. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So they're already turning her into a super baby fit. So they're, they're, she has put Triple H through a table. She got slapped by Stephanie McMahon. Uh, and, uh, and, and so now it's, it's basically her against the corporation. Like for, for that, like well, that's what it look, is. It's her against the corporate WWE. Now, I understand. I understand that's where they're going, but think of how people perceive her after her losses in UFC. Like people kind of have, you know, there's some, you know, she was super popular. Everybody loved her. And then she loses those two matches and all of a sudden people, you know, start jaw jacking and that people have said some not so nice things about her. And I think it would play in to that kind of cry baby yeah. persona. I think it would right work away. Right and, away. and it would, and it would work, but not anyway, right that's my idea. Not right away. I think you're right. But I think what you do is you want the most bang for your buck, don't you? So you've signed her to this however many year deal, however, you know, worth however many millions of dollars, right? And so you want her to have that last, that lasting uh, impression, that lasting uh, run, you know, of goodwill with the fans. So you keep a baby face for a while and you wait, you bide your time. And you'd see if she gets big. And if she gets big right as she starts to get super big for what, you know, we're talking like stone cold level big where the crowd's just all behind her. You turn her heel. Like that's when you do it. That's when you do it. You turn the knife. You, you just put that knife in the back of the fans and then you twist it. And you're like, no, <laughs> we know what you wanted and we're not going to give it to you. Just not. You, we'll, we'll do it later. We're going to get it right now. And, and then you, you make them wait. So, you know, I think she's going to end up fighting Asuka. She'll break Asuka's uh, undefeated streak um, probably sometime after Mania. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think that she, she's got the potential to be uh, big for the WWE. Uh, it just, you know, I think a lot of it's up to bookers. I think a lot of it's up to writers now that the WWE doesn't let a lot of uh, shooting promos go on. Shoot, shoot type of... Uh, uh, promos or interviews or any of that stuff. It's very scripted. There aren't bullet points anymore. It, very rarely did they say, go out there and do whatever. However, it's interesting. They did that with somebody just this last Monday uh, on Raw. We, I, I think you and I have talked about Roman Reigns and how I don't like Roman Reigns very much. Uh, he's not very good on the mic. He came out Monday and he was spitting fire. Like he let Brock Lesnar have it. Brock was supposed to be there on Monday. And for whatever reason, didn't show up. And I think the brass sent Reigns out there and they're like, just let him have it. Because Reigns is going to be the guy. Like they're giving him a huge push. He's the guy. So he's been taking a, a bigger leadership role in the back with guys. And Lester's going to drop the belt at Mania to him. Everybody knows this. It's been planned for months. This is the way it's written. This is the storyline, even though the fans hate it. So. They let they let Lesnar go out, or not Lesnar. They let Reigns go out and just let Lesnar have, and he called Lesnar out for being a part timer, just like John Cena shows up whenever, and then he can't even show up here. Like there was a there was a pay per view the night before in Vegas, and Lesnar was in Vegas, but Lesnar couldn't even be bothered to show up in the back. And Roman Reigns let him have, and it, for the first time ever, I went wow. They should just let Roman Reigns do this every week. Just let him come out and spit fire. Like, don't give him a script. Don't make him try to memorize lines because then it just sounds like he's a fourth grader reading from a book. 
Like, just let him come out and speak his mind because he's not bad. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if they continue to do that and then see how Lesnar responds to it. Because I don't think that was scripted at all. I think that was Lesnar was planned to be there. They were talking Lesnar being there. And then all of a sudden, Reigns comes out and there's no Lesnar. Hmm. So that's interesting to hear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all know. Yeah, I mean, so that you know, so that match it that's the big WrestleMania 34. I guess I mean, I'm sure that will be the main event match, the last match of the night, um, and it'll probably be the worst match of the night, uh, most likely. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that that's going to need to be a no DQ match to get anything worthwhile, just because of those two guys' style. And I don't think when Lesnar sells, he won't sell. He will sell, but he won't do it for very long Uh, in a match. It doesn't seem like, you know, like he's not just going to get beat down the whole match. So, and you're asking me for Roman Reigns to kind of play the underdog, you know, if if it's going to be how the match was two years ago, you know, where Lesnar would just killing him. Um, And then when Seth Rollins came down and stole the belt and all this, that, so I, I anticipate that being a pretty bad match. Uh, I might want to watch this, though, because uh, the few times I have seen the phenomenal AJ Styles wrestle, uh, it's like, it's like man, like I, maybe I should tune in more often because that guy uh, is pretty good. That guy, so is so, I, that guy is so good. Like I, If you're not watching him every week, you're missing out. He's a treat. He is just, he, he, he's, man, he just puts, his, I wish he I wish he wasn't down in uh in TNA hell for so many years and would have got there sooner but yeah. while I was still watching more. Yeah, the same thing with Samoa Joe. I think that that would those were wasted opportunities and again that's just Vince McMahon being, being Vince McMahon and I'm kind of hoping now that Vince has this whole XFL thing going that he just kind of he he lets he lets Triple H just take over. I mean, Triple H has done a great job with NXT. He's the main booker for that. He puts together, you know, all all of the all of the he gives the pushes who he wants to to win, who he wants to be the champion, how long they're going to be champion, that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that Vince t- starts taking more of a vaccine. I mean, Vince is up there. I mean, he's old. I mean, I saw him on Raw for the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary, whatever it is, and he's just yeah, he's he's old. So, you know, uh, it's, it's time. Which everybody says was the best segment of the night, which was which is not good when it's the first segment of the night of a three hour and twenty minute broadcast. Yeah, when your first twenty minutes is the best part of it, but you know they open the show hot, you know, and Vince is even out there telling Stone Cold, "I'm a senior citizen now." And to be honest, Stone Cold isn't that far from being a senior citizen himself. Uh, I think he's fifty three or fifty four now. He's up there. I'll tell you what, he looked good. He looked like he could get in the ring tomorrow and just, he looks better. And like, if you've, if you've watched in the last few years on the, uh, uh, like the broken skull challenge or seen him on doing, uh, any of the other stuff that he does, if you just see him on the internet or whatever, like the dude looks better than he ever did in his prime, uh, in his prime run in WWF. I mean, he, his body looks tremendously better. He probably, well, to be honest, he probably takes way better care of himself now. Cause you know, I mean, he he's, was not drinking doing, every, he's not drinking eight beers every night. Well, not every night. Yeah. He still drinks. I think he still drinks the beers, but I think he, uh, he talk. he gets on his podcast and he talks about, uh, you know, he, they went, I went out to dinner last night with Kristen and I ordered me a margarita with an extra shot of tequila on top of it. 
And then I came home and drank me about three of them IPAs. That's about all I can do, son. So anyway. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. But so, so yeah, I mean, so, I mean, but I think, you know, I mean, he admitted like he like did cocaine and other stuff. He wasn't taking great care of his body at certain points of his career. Okay. And I'll, I'm saying he looks way better than he ever did when he was like the champion and, re- and when he was super popular and he's 20 years later, he looks better. So let me ask you this. Cause we're talking what we're talking WrestleMania, right? So let me, let, let me, let me ask you this. Like, what, do you want to watch uh, a, a, a semi geriatric undertaker in one more match? No. Who is he going to fight? Man. I don't want to even. I, on Monday, John Cena. I don't want to yeah, see him fight John, John Cena. Cena came out and challenged him. Now he said that match wasn't going to happen, but it kind of sounds like that match might happen. I don't. What I was don't... the whole point of what they did last year? He went over and he hit. It's not just the putting the stuff in the ring. He went and broke character and like kissed his wife. Like Undertaker never breaks character. Dude's been kayfabe since '87. Yo, I mean. Like he, I mean, when guys die and they come out and tribute them, he doesn't come out nine 11 staying in the back, not breaking kayfabe. That's the undertaker. And so to do that on that stage and kiss your wife and put all the stuff down and linger your slow ass out of the ring, <laughs> yeah, but he came back. It's, a, it's a, it's a 30 minute outro and it's like 30 minutes. Like, outro. <laughs> It was. I mean, it was Lord of the Rings all over the. Can that be our outro for this? Can that, can our outro for tonight's episode just be the Undertaker theme song for thirty minutes? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you hear when they have to restart it, like it stops for about two seconds, and then they restart the music. It's like, dude, you made them restart the music three times, and now you're coming out of retirement. Come on, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping they find somebody else for John Cena. Because to be honest, I'm tired of John Cena. I think this is John Cena's last WrestleMania <laughs> for a while. I think he's done. I think he's moving on to probably not greener pastures. Because I'll be honest, I don't want to watch any movie that's got John Cena in it. None, except well, for if, me. if the Undertaker wins at WrestleMania, then he'll be like, the streak starts at one. Uh, so like now he's coming back for a, he's going 23. He's going, coming back to go 23 and oh, start a new streak. Right. That'd be great. Uh, you know, if they could find, I'll tell you what, here's, here's something that makes me sad. And I know this isn't in the show notes. I'm just going down rabbit holes here. Cause I love the WWE. Uh, I think, I just think it's sad what they're doing with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt could be the next, could have been the next undertaker. And they have just squandered that character. They have they, the bookers have done a horrible job. That guy is everything that 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 you would want in a modern day uh, Undertaker, and they they just they just continue to squander him. And I don't know how much longer he's going to. So that, that makes me sad. Ray Wyatt. It's all politics. I think at the end of the day, it's somebody. I guess you know, but don't I, like you they, and is holding you down. You know that stuff has got to be going on. Oh well, things are better under Triple H. Yeah, right. There are so many politics going on and who did who did triple h learn how to play politics from uh like sean michaels who was known as one of the most underhanded guys when it, you know back in his for the longest time yeah for the longest time until he found jesus then when he found jesus he he kind of turned it around well, hey triple h ain't found jesus as far as i know 
as far as I know, he he is not. Uh, he's not, he hasn't found Jesus yet. I I don't know. I don't know. Last uh, time they did DX, he was still crotch chopping. Well, so is so is uh, HBK. Sean wouldn't do certain stuff though. Like he wouldn't do. If you noticed in that lat when they did that comeback run years ago, when they were both when you know, I mean, this was I don't know how many years. It was probably like ten years ago when they did the the comeback and they kept fighting uh the the cheerleader the male cheerleader guy yeah, spirit squad he wouldn't do certain because they would do the old pranks but like he wouldn't like take part in certain parts of it or he wouldn't do certain gestures good or, on him i mean good on him if he i mean if his faith is that strong that he doesn't want to do that i mean good on him i, I don't, mean he like would but he, but he's like i'll collect the paycheck though well, sure, <laughs> stand around it but i won't participate and actually do it anyway um but man <laughs> well, yeah shop, I, that, that was, you know, with a match I look forward to uh, going to then, this is a newer one, but that Shawn Michaels and John Cena uh, WrestleMania. That oh, that they was, had to uh, that. oh, that's there's dude. There's still bad blood between those two in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels does not get along with John Cena at all. I, I thought John Cena should have dropped the belt to Michaels. Like I thought that he should have had like another run. Like I thought that's, I thought for sure Sean was going to win. Well, no, no. Vince was, was never going to give the belt to Sean again, ever, ever under any circumstances. That well, just- he gave him that. He gave him the world title, like right after when he first came back and uh, he gave it to him for like a month. And then that was the only time he ever held anything like that. Yeah. He'll never, he would. He, yeah. He was, Vince didn't want to give it to him, but no, uh, Cena is not the best ring worker. Like he's just not that good in the ring. He's stiff, and he he was being very stiff with Michaels, and Michaels was very upset about it. So Michaels oversold everything, everything. And then once the match was over, uh, the thing was is what, what Michaels was working on Cena's leg through the whole match, and Cena then just gets up and acts like there's nothing wrong with his leg. So, so Michaels started overselling everything, and that pissed Cena off. And so then, you know, at the end of the match, Cena pins him, right? He use he gets his, his finisher in and he pins him. Yeah. Michaels hops right up and just walks out of the ring right when it was over. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all right, you beat me. I'm, I'm, I'm done collecting a paycheck. That's all I'm doing. I mean, so, you know, he jobbed to him, but, you know, that's, uh, yeah, so that's a little. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting stuff you can find out there on the Internet. I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's all kinds of gossip stuff on YouTube with wrestling and stuff. I mean, it's sometimes it's like on such a scale of gossip that, you know, sometimes you wonder if it's really true or not. It's a, he said, she said game and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I don't know. Like, uh, I I wanted to ask you this thinking back of what's the biggest, like just probably watch it on TV, like what you could discern or, or from watching it on TV. Uh, I've been to a few wrestling events, but I mean, they weren't anything, or anything particularly huge really happened. So just watching wrestling on TV, what's the biggest pop that you ever remember like witnessing or like at least you perceived it like that's the biggest pop I've ever seen? Man, that's a that's a question right there. Because for me, I mean, I, you got to go. I, I, I'm talking way back. I'm talking way back. I, I'm talking wrestlemania one i mean that's how long i've been watching i've been watching you know every saturday night sunday mornings uh for years since when i was a little kid uh so i mean gosh the biggest pop i've ever seen uh i mean 
probably that I've personally seen. I don't know. I think the biggest pop that I can remember uh, is uh, want to say maybe Ultimate Warrior when like he came back and I think that was like, but but it didn't last because he was just so bad. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I think that and the biggest pop maybe just when Hulk Hogan and and uh, uh, Warrior fought in WrestleMania. I think that was a big pop. I mean, if you're talking more modern day pop, probably Rockers Stone Cold. I mean, anytime that music- well, I, there's a particular instance in mind for me, uh, a very specific one. Um, it was uh, the fabled uh, Eric Bischoff gives away Raw's ending on Nitro. <laughs> yeah. And the Rock and Mankind were fighting a hell of a fight like they always did and putting on a good show. And you had Vince and Kane and China and. Uh, everybody and then triple h was still with dx then and the you know you had the new age outlaws who i introed the show with a little road dog jesse james uh and x Pac. i mean and then ken shamrock was there on vince's side so they're all watching this no disqualification match and ken shamrock jumps in the ring and he hits mankind with the bell and uh then uh, Billy, Billy Gunn jumps on Shamrock and then it's a melee. The only people that aren't fighting are Vince, Shane, China, and Kane, because Kane at that point is like only attacks like on Vince's command. I I think there's some kind of storyline like that with him. So the rock and mankind are both dazed after this long match in the ring. And then the damn glass shatters and that place went bonkers. I mean, I mean, it was like mass hysteria in there. Like people were waving their arms in such a violent manner and screaming and jumping up and down. And to me, I mean, you can go look it up on YouTube. It just comes off to me as like the biggest pop. And of course he comes out and he lays the rock out with the chair and mankind wins the championship. And that crowd was just livid for like that two minute stretch, like was just absolutely livid going wild. Right. Yeah. No, that's a that, that's a good one. I mean, that's like I said. Anytime Stone Cold, you hear that glass, you know. The and it's weird when you watch uh, some of the stuff while he was still getting popular, like he was starting to get over, but he wasn't quite there yet. And the crowd reactions were like kind of mixed, so it wasn't very loud. But he's still going through the full routine. He's going to the ropes. He's, I mean, he 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 sold it until it until everybody caught on with it and. You know, Let me ask sold, you this: because he sold is, ten million T-shirts. This isn't on the. This isn't. This isn't on the show notes. So this is just. This is off the top of your head. What's the one match you remember more than any match ever? Like the one standout match in your head. Doesn't matter who the wrestlers are. Just what is it? Top of your head. Um. Hold on. Let me just try to imagine here. I know it's not. I know this is, seems like it's not off the top of my head, but I'm trying to give it a shot. So let me kind of clear my mind, and when I think. When I think wrestling, I think of, you know, like Cactus Jack and Vader and him power slamming him on the concrete floor. And uh, yeah, like I, 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 that's what I think. Cause it's like some of the earliest great, like I was into it. Like when I was a kid storyline, like that's kind of like what I imagine uh, those, that, that, those couple matches that those two guys had, they were just like vicious. 
Yeah, no, that's a good I, for me. It's the 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 Bloodstone match, where 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 <laughs> it was a it, it was a like you had to give up. It, it was an I quit match. Yeah, with Bret Hart, Bret Hart, and Stone Cold, Stone Cold, and yeah. Stone Cold's yeah. just got the blood just gushing. That was back yeah. when you could still cut yourself, and so he cut his forehead. And, He's just got blood all over him, and he wouldn't. Quit. Yeah, well, and Jim Ross sold the hell oh, out of it. Jim for Ross, him too. Man. oh, bring back Jim Ross. I there know. was twenty thousand people in this building chanting Austin, Austin, Austin. I know, I know that Vince has let him do like the new uh, Japan uh, wrestling stuff. Like he's 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 doing the the play by play, the commentary for that. They just need to bring him back because I'll be honest, the the Corey Graves and coach on raw and then the other two yahoo yeah i mean relatively speaking i mean he's been around forever like literally like he's been commentating on wrestling since like the 80s so i mean he's been around forever but i mean he's still relatively like he's not super old or anything like and i mean all he's doing is just sitting there talking so i don't see why he couldn't come back but I don't know. That's up to him. I, I think he lost his wife, you know, around last WrestleMania. So yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, was tragically killed in a scooter accident. Yeah, that was, uh, I couldn't believe when I heard that. Uh, but this is one I really wanted to bring up. We'll kind of close out our geek of the geek, geeky of the weeky segment, uh, whatever the hell we were calling it the other two times. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring up Sting's gimmick and the way he changed it from, I mean, he was basically kind of like the ultimate warrior, like at least with the face paint, and the blonde hair, a little bit, the, the body. And then, I mean, but he was a much better wrestler. He was, he was a much, stereotypical, like beach wrestler gimmick for the longest time. Right. But he was, but he was super over and super popular and won world championships with oh. that gimmick had great matches with Ric Flair with Vader again. And it's too bad. Vader never got a, a, a good push in WWE. Yeah. Cause that guy deserved it. Like now he's got like a brain tumor. He's he's yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but Sting's gimmick, he's got this gimmick. Okay. And that we've uh, already described, you know, kind of the, the surfer ultimate warrior, but he's a much better wrestler than the ultimate warrior. Um, much better worker in the ring, great matches with flair. Um, and among many others, but what I find interesting about him is he, and he goes to this crow gimmick when the NWO comes in and they basically give him a year off and he sits up in the rafters on Monday nights and, uh, looks at Hogan, uh, disapprovingly and wags, you know, doesn't even wag his finger at Eric Bischoff. Can't even get a finger wag from sting, but he goes from this gimmick to that gimmick and he doesn't change his name. He doesn't pretend to be somebody else. Like this isn't, you know, Kane who used to be Dr. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, this is like, kind of like, this is the way wrestling personas like kind of should. This is, this is the ideal situation that doesn't happen very often. I'd say. No, it doesn't happen very often. Not at all. And I think you're right. I can't. I mean, the only other one that I can remember off the top of my head is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He's still Hulk Hogan. He's just, he just put Hollywood in front of it and he started wearing black. Yeah. He just turned kind of heel and turned black, but I, I don't think that his character change was his job. Sting was woo and yelling and, you know, really boisterous. And then now he's, he completely changed his gimmick. I wouldn't say Hulk Hogan's was a complete gimmick change. He was just saying the same stuff in reverse. Basically he was still saying, yeah, brother. And this and that, he's still, say, 
The NWO, brother. Well, you know something, brother? I was watching the monitor in the back, bra. I couldn't help but notice that big spoon Kevin Nash, brother. Well, I'll tell him to get out here and tell him why the Hulkamaniacs. Anyway, I can't hear any more about the Hulkamaniacs, Hulk. Go make another sex tape, please. I want to see it. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to see that. No, I, I don't think I, I No, I, I know I have never seen the other sex tape i did not want did anything you, to do like, with that. i know this is again down around. i'm aware of it i but i swear to freaking god that <laughs> i have never watched the hulk Hogan sex tape and i can't say that about many sex tapes but i could say that about hulk Hogan. well he sued he sued uh whatever like uh magazine published it or whatever i don't even know the whole story but apparently like did you see this where he was like under deposition or he was on the stand or something and uh, the attorney asked him, so do you have a nine inch penis? He's like, no, Hulk Hogan has a nine inch penis. You know, whatever my real name is, doesn't have a real, doesn't have a nine inch penis. <laughs> like, like, he's like, I'm like, seriously, like, is this how big your character is? You're like, yeah, he's got a nine inch penis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Really? Hulk Hogan? The largest pythons in the world, brother. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You have won the internet for the day. Uh, yeah, uh, let me think. I don't think I can't think. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of uh, Mick Foley. I'm thinking of the Cactus Jack, Mankind, Cactus Jack. Yeah, but love, isn't that technically mankind. three gimmicks or four? Yeah, yes, you're changing. I, I guess it's, 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 it, it is different than what Sting did, but I think it's, it's unique Other, in its own way, just love. in the same way. Dude, love because he, everybody knew he was still the same guy, right. and he just, it, but the, the, the real character was that he was changing into all these characters. That was the persona. Well, not, not one persona over the other. It was just, it's Mick Foley, like going crazy. That was the persona. Okay. In my opinion. Can you think of, can you think of a wrestler who had a successful gimmick changed his gimmick and then had to change back to the original gimmick? Cause the second gimmick didn't work. I can. Uh, um, we talked about him earlier. Who was it? The Undertaker. Oh, yes. The biker one. The yeah. biker. Like, what was that about? Like, who was smoking crack in the mid 2000s? Where they're like, let's just put him on a bike. He'll be biker taker. What? <laughs> I don't understand. So, yeah, I like to ride motorcycles. Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. But, yeah, but you're supposed to be dead. Not I mean, cool. it's I cool. Mean, I, I, I ride motorcycles. Trust me. I mean, there's probably a bunch of instances of this, of like heel turns, like you're super over, you go heel and it didn't work. So you go back face and then kind of like that happened to Stone Cold. Like he, he, he didn't like that. I mean, he, cause he couldn't get over as a heel. Some people were booing him, but he was still getting a lot of cheers and people. So he couldn't do what he was wanting to do with half the crowd still cheering him. Um, but it was mixed reaction. So it just wasn't doing any good. So he wanted to switch back to the, and so then, I mean, he completely reinvented kind of this persona even then, because then he's like, what doing the what thing. And that kind of made him have a sillier kind of image to him, I think, uh, than just going out there and cussing and stuff. So, I mean, that's not the same thing. I mean, there's all these different unique situations, um, because usually you don't just say, oh, go dress like a clown and get over. And you know, it doesn't. It usually doesn't work. Usually you have to, I think those guys are mostly just have to be kind of some version of themselves. I mean, you know, John Cena, I mean, that's his real name, isn't it? So, I mean, he, I mean, say what you want. The guy has made a lot of money in the business. He's successful. So John Cena. 
He's doing something right. No, he's not doing anything right. Just stop. Don't know. He's rich as crap. He did something right. I don't care. He married a Bella too. What's your point? I don't care. The guy is which one's married to Daniel Bryan? Which one's that? Uh, The flat chested one. Yeah, I like her. (laughs) I like both of them. They're they're twins. You like one, you like the other. Well, they look different in the face a little bit. I don't know if they're supposed to be identical. Paid for by John Cena. So no, they look different in the face. I swear, I look into her eyes. What kind of crack are you supposed to? That's why they. It's called twin magic. That was their finisher. Twin magic. No, I get you can just show me their faces and I can pick them apart. I promise. It'll be like that one's Bree, the other one's whatever name is. Yeah, I don't know what their names are, but I can pick them apart. Bree, Bella, GD and somebody it. else, Bella. I don't know. So, anyway, Sting was a great, great wrestler and then he came back and got squashed by Triple H. Yeah, I don't understand that. And Triple H's ego's got to be as big as well. I know what I know what Steve, uh, Steve Bolton was thinking. He's like, give me a paycheck. I, I, I need one yeah. last one before I retire. Well, yeah, I think he just wanted in the WWE Hall of Fame, which I, I mean, look, he stayed away from the WWE because of his religious convictions. So kudos to him. But then to sell out, uh, you know, uh, at the 11th hour before your career is 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 over just to get into the Hall of Fame have that one last hurrah. I suppose. I mean, if you look at it from the standpoint of, well, I'm doing this for my fans because my fans want it. All right. Sure. I, I guess I can I can accept that as an answer. But something tells me, just based on experience and human nature, that you were like, I need more money. So, well, I wish there was one guy who would listen to his fans. Yeah, his man is CM Punk. Oh, dude. Yes. But it'll never happen. I wish, like, here's my big, I, this is what I want more than anything. I, than my what I want more than anything is I want the main event, WrestleMania. Oh, I thought you were going to say 35. Fictional nine-inch penis. Oh, I want a Hulk Hogan nine-inch penis for my birthday. <laughs> I want. That's what I want now. Never mind what I was going to say before. I want <laughs> WrestleMania 35 main event last match. The phenomenal AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against CM Punk. See, and here's what I want for WrestleMania 34. This is what I want. I want. Uh, uh, the uh, illustrious, the uh, magnificent Paul Heyman to, to bring out uh, Brock Lesnar, his, his, uh, his client, bring him out, march him down to the ring. And Roman Reigns is there. And Roman Reigns is, is getting just the holy crap beat out of him by Brock Lesnar the entire match. And then after about 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes, like let's make this 20 minute match where, you know, he's just taking it to reigns and he's just pouring it on. He is giving him the business. Uh, all of a sudden, Paul Heyman grabs the mic and he says, Oh, Brock, Brock. Uh, I, I, I forgot to mention earlier in the night. I, I signed, I signed an, another client. Um, here he is. And then, and then the music hits, you know, the cult of personality. And he turns around and he's looking for CM Punk to come down, come down the ramp. And CM Punk comes out of the crowd and, and, and gives him the, the, the GTS, the go to sleep. And he grabs a knocked out unconscious reigns and puts him on top of Lesnar. 
And the referee who's been knocked that unconscious for the last three minutes suddenly comes back to life and counts the one, two, three and CM Punk helps Roman Reigns get the title. And then it's Roman Reigns said he didn't need CM Punk to come give him the title. So then CM Punk takes it. That's what I want. That, that's my dream. That is my pipe dream. Man, that sounds like a wet dream because it ain't ever going to happen, right? But yeah, that that's that that if I if I could have anything in the world, that's what it. If and, I would have anything in the world, and, that's what I would take. That in a Hulk Hogan night match. Oh yeah! <laughs> Woo! We're going to Space Mountain. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Love it. Well, that woo means it's time for the end of Slapdash Episode 3. What can you expect on Episode 4? I don't know, but when you find out, email it to me and let me know what you want us to talk about. Later. It's Slapdash. It's a podcast about nothing. It's a podcast about everything. What we know for sure is it's a podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Crowley and Joe Up.